Welcome to Innovation Hub. I'm Kara Miller. When I was a kid, my hometown paper had a name that I didn't really realize was odd, at least not until I got older and it came up in conversation and people started to laugh. It was called The Mosquito because we were a town plagued by mosquitoes. And when I was growing up, that made total sense to me. I never once thought it was funny. Today, the mosquito is still kicking. The newspaper, that is, though I'm sure the actual mosquitoes are doing nicely, too. But just in the last 15 years or so, close to 2,000 newspapers across the country have either merged or they've just entirely disappeared, which for a community can mean no more wedding announcements, no more junior high honor roll lists, no more passionate op-eds about whether to build houses on a new tract of land. And there's another downside, too. No more journalists, except for folks that you've never met in places like D.C. and New York. But change and inventive thinking is on the way from the most unlikely of places. Innovation Hub's Mark Filipino has the story. Last year, Dictionary.com announced that it would be adding an interesting word to its collection. Actually, it was two words, which had worked their way into everyday conversation. Fake news. A huge part of the country doesn't trust the media the way it used to. And we're a country where local news sources are constantly closing up shop. So who steps in to fill the void and help us trust the media again? Well, there's one institution, one that doesn't always get the most attention, that's gearing up for the challenge. I'm going to put this gold star next to three programs that I think would be the best initiatives to foster media literacy. That's Simone Grona Nieto, who traveled all the way from a library in Colorado to be at a symposium of 80 librarians and journalists at Simmons College in Boston. They've gathered to answer the question, how can libraries help the public as the news industry changes? And they might be the best ones to take on this task of restoring our historically low faith in the media. Libraries have high public trust. That's Laura Saunders. She's an associate professor of library and information science at Simmons College. But one issue that we've been discussing is what is that trust really in? In other words, do people really understand what their library does? Or are they thinking just around the, I can go there and get a book, and you know, the people there are pretty nice? Saunders points out that libraries have spent decades helping people find trustworthy sources. But navigating the news in the age of the internet is difficult. So increasingly, libraries are collaborating with journalists to help people figure out what's real and what isn't. One of these libraries is Skokie Public Library, just north of Chicago. Every time I turn on the news, I hear the words Trump. And I can't think that everything our president says is always newsworthy. Jim Barnard sits in a meeting room with about 20 other people. They're gathered for a news literacy workshop. I feel at times overwhelmed by the volume and of news and the pace of news. Most people are either airing their grievances with the Trump administration, wondering how they can protect themselves from fake news, or, like Jim, are simply baffled by media outlets that spend every waking moment covering Trump. The workshop is run by Bettina Chang, the editorial director of a civic journalism lab called City Bureau. Skokie is one of five libraries across the country that got grants from the American Library Association and Stony Brook University to put on news literacy programs like this one. Chang explains how reporters choose stories, how the public can engage with local journalists, and how we can stay one step ahead of fake news. 
the most common hoax is that a celebrity has died. You know, if you hear that like Denzel Washington has died and there's only one news source reporting it, do you, I mean, it's hard to believe, right? Like that a major celebrity would die and that only one news organization is reporting it. Chang says news consumers should be cautious of outlets that don't question government sources too. She singles out the Chicago Police Department, an agency she says has a tendency to stretch the truth. It's at this point that Ron Ziven, one of the workshop attendees, walks out of the room. When the workshop finishes up, he comes back to pick up his wife. But he says he left because, as a Trump supporter himself, he felt pretty outnumbered. I don't love Trump. He's crass. But all his issues are right. But, you know, you got these people who just are totally against anything. And he was pretty uncomfortable with the comments Chang made about the police. Yeah, that's why I left. What am I listening to here? Everything in the police are propaganda. I happen to know somebody who's involved with the police department who does that. And it's all what she said is not true. That's not true. They don't try to slant it, as far as I know. I mean, maybe she knows more. I, I don't know. Laura Saunders from Simmons College says that it's important that when libraries have these conversations, they bring in a variety of voices so everyone feels comfortable. If we're going to re-envision libraries as community centers, then we're going to have to re-envision the role of the librarian, and we're going to have to think about educating librarians to actually be discourse facilitators. Increasingly, libraries are able to host conversations that can be had few other places in town. And some libraries are doing even more than just talking about the news. They're also reporting it. So this whole article needs to be reworked by somebody. Great. I was so glad to see O.C. got his article in. Yeah, O.C. got his article in. He did the layout. In the town of Livingston Manor in New York's Catskill Mountains, a few students and adult volunteers are crowded around a school art room table laying out an upcoming edition of Manor, Inc., a monthly newspaper that serves the small community. Livingston Manor's main newspaper shut down a few years ago, and Carolyn Bivens, Manor, Inc.'s graphics mentor, says some of the other newspapers in their county don't pay much attention to the town. So we were left with no newspaper in Livingston Manor uh, that we could call our own. And um, it was a void. There was definitely a void in our community. So a few parents wondered, what if we got students to do a newspaper? But it couldn't be a school newspaper. The school didn't have the time or the resources to pull that off. That's where the town library comes in. The library, with the help of a nonprofit focused on youth community journalism, built a newspaper in 2012. And Manor Inc. was born. You know, it was really small probably not as professional when we started, and it's really grown. I mean, our following has grown. You know, we get people who have heard about the paper, and they're like, oh, yeah, I've seen a copy of that. That's the paper's editor-in-chief, Iris Fenn Gillingham. She started at Manor, Inc. when she was just 13 years old, and she, like the rest of the staff, was trained by local journalists, mentors, and library board members. Now she's got about a dozen student reporters working under her on stories about everything from the town's annual trout parade to a local bear tagging program. But they also cover bigger stories like community development plans. So even if they're not breaking the next Watergate scandal, they're still providing news in a news-starved community. Manor Inc. produces a thousand paper copies of the 12-page paper every month and gets its funding through a variety of sources. Donations, local advertisers, grants, And not only is the paper keeping the community informed, it's teaching students like 8th grader and Manor Inc. reporter O.C. Helper how to be better journalists. I feel like fake news has led me to 
want to reach out sources more like original sources or links or anything that can prove that what people are saying is true. And the idea of having a library-run newspaper like Manor Inc. isn't just happening in small towns. It's bubbling up in big city academic symposiums. So many amazing things Back at Simmons College, the groups are presenting their workshop ideas. One of the more popular ideas belongs to a group that wants libraries across the country to have newsmaker spaces, where librarians can teach patrons how to produce news. Sound familiar? Simmons's Laura Saunders says that the library's adoption of news literacy and news creation programs are trying to shift the image of the library from a place where you absorb information to a place where you also assess that information. The more that we show them the process and help them to understand how we arrived at the answer, I think the more that they are going to be able to feel like they can trust us. It's a new role for an American institution. For Innovation Hub, I'm Mark Filipino. Thank you so much for listening to this segment. We would love it if you could take a minute to leave a review on iTunes. It'll actually help more people find their way to the show. Think of it as spreading interesting ideas one review at a time.